Deep Dive. We are back for around 11 slash 12 review. How are you, my old mate, Mick? Old mate, Trent. I'm good, buddy. Okay. Uh, same old, same old Groundhog Day. And there's plenty of footy still to oh, that has been consumed, so all good. Um, and obviously um, plenty of beer as well. Yeah. Um, we'll try and keep our spirits up where... It, it, you don't want to think about it because we're we're not even halfway through the, the extreme lockdown we are in in Victoria. Um, hope you're having fun outside of there. Definitely um, bad news I saw today in New South Wales. There was a um, it's come out now. There was a security guard for a hotel up there in Sydney as well. That uh, it's found out that he's positive and that he's worked throughout the last week on multiple jobs, including like shopping centres and all sorts of stuff. So. Yeah, strap yourselves in, New South Wales, if you're heading towards what we're heading to. It's pretty average, but um, yeah, uh, we had the Festival of Football, which was good. That kind of got us through it. A uh, bit of a break and breather now, and then we head back and do it again. We do, yeah. Uh, announcement that there's going to be another mad rush of multiple games in the, what was it, a 15-day period or something? Yeah. 16-day period, so... Oh, look, gets the season done and we get into finals. Uh, I'm all for it. And now it will just be, a, be interesting to see how the auctioneering of uh, AFL finals pans out and whether what was uh, changes. Obviously, the grand final is yeah. not going to be played at the MCJ. I don't know why anyone's oh, in. Oh, what? What do you mean? Do, you know, <laughs> I can't believe there's people out there that are like that. Um, but the whole notion around home finals leading up to that, uh, will come into debate, obviously, with different state premiers having different opinions about who can and cannot come into the state and how long they need to quarantine, etc., etc., which we're all aware of. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But to be honest, it's good to have a, a week or two of uh, breathing um, yeah. between games and just have a little reset. Yeah, well, I, some of this talk, and we'll get into it, and we should chat about the grand final. It was funny after last week's episode. Um, we finished recording and then we thought, oh, we'll chat about something else other than football. Then within five minutes, we went, we'd went, gotten back onto the grand final discussion <laughs> and none of it was recorded. It was a good 20 minutes about it, but wouldn't, it probably would be good to address a little bit. But yeah, I think, I think I don't know, like I, I did enjoy the the festival, so to speak, but it's, it's too much every single day and particularly having multiple games on in a day um, when you're working too is pretty full on. Um some of the late starts as well, it started to get a bit outrageous. I, I don't know. I've seen, I enjoyed it, but like I've, I've seen a bunch of people saying, oh, should it be a feature of the season every year? And, you know, should we keep doing it? And personally, I don't, I don't think we've had this conversation, but I, I, I don't I don't want it every every year. No. Like, well, it probably will be next year again because it's going to be the same problem. But um, surely by 22, uh, we'll be in a different situation. What, what do you think? Would you do it again or, or no? If you could avoid it, uh, me personally, uh, no, I don't. I have other things in my life that I need to try and fit in, other than copious amounts of football. And look, it's tough because obviously it's a big commercial aspect to it. And I agree. I think we'll see part of uh, this scenario play out next year, even yeah. if it's purely to satisfy the commercial. Uh, contracts that are in place. The players have seemed to get through uh, pretty well. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised at the the lack of particular soft tissue injuries. Yeah, there's been some obviously bad injuries, but I was expecting that 
uh, see um, more calf and enhanced string, uh, not tears, not like major ones, just just little niggles, and that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be either major injuries or um, your standard hammies that come every season regardless if you're playing on four-day breaks or your standard six, seven-day breaks. Yeah, but at the same time, as much as we, I think we've dodged a bullet a bit, I, I don't know. Yeah, I can't do it every year. But um, So the bulk of this episode, we'll have a bit of a chat about the ladder in a second um, and then we're going to do a bit of round 11 and because um, we, didn't, we didn't finish that round and then we're going to round 12. Uh, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hops to Home. Hops to Home is a craft beer delivery service. I got a fresh pack um, actually only yesterday, a whole bunch of new beers in there. So hopstohome.com.au. You can use the promo code AFLDEEPDIVE to get $25 off your first pack. Um, great selection of beers um, from all across Australia and curated, delivered to your door. Just while we're on that, mate, um, yeah. just a little side note. Yeah. Have, with lockdown uh, and everything, have you done like what younger kids, especially in America, do for a bit of extra coin with the little oh, lemonade yeah. stand at the front of your house? Because I, well, obviously we haven't caught up for a while <laughs> and haven't been able to help you drink those beers. you got some extras and you just go out front there and just sell the odd can to it. Not that there's a lot of people walking past, I guess. No. I haven't got a liquor license for the front lawn yet. Um, I should. Don't worry about the license. Yeah. Well, there's probably no, not many police at the moment. Probably preoccupied. Yeah, well, just give away. Stuff. Just give away. Just ask for a donation. Well, we got to try and get some beers to you. I don't know. We should. I, I meant to do it in between the last two lockdowns because I, I have a ridiculous amount of beer. There's, there's no, uh, there's no uh, ifs, ifs or buts about it. I have quite a lot because normally we yeah, would be consuming them, um, and I don't really drink on my own that much. So no. my, my wife's pregnant, so she doesn't doesn't drink anything. So. Um, and yeah. uh, and the third and the third wheel Ed, uh, who we go and see at uh, Beyond the Game TV, he, he helps. He, he knocks into it, uh, but no while, while he's sitting there behind the camera and making it sound good. Uh, so, again, look out for the content uh, Ed is putting out there as well, and hopefully we will be with him and looking <laughs> and sounding better soon. Before 2029. Um, no. Yeah. Oh, look, he's open. Surely oh, we'll get... Hairs by then. Yeah, surely we'll get there before the end of the year, but who knows. Um, yeah, definitely check out Beyond the Game TV. He's doing a heap of content. Um, even though obviously in lockdown it's a lot harder for him and his company, but please check out Beyond the Game TV on all the various platforms, Facebook, um, his website, everything else. Um, yeah, hopstone.com to you. Great uh, way to get craft beer delivered to your door. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, we're at the end of the festival. It's it's sort of time to take a bit of a breather. Um, I think this is probably, we spoke before we started recording, this is probably a good opportunity to do a bit of a ladder recap, which we haven't done for really at all this year because it was so muddled. And even though, yes, some teams haven't played the same amount of games, it probably comes about time to do this. And then the other thing too is there's a few games that are pretty relevant now. There's a bunch of sides that simply can't make finals anymore. Um, There was a lot of blowouts in the last round and a bit anyway. So we spoke a bit uh, and we both firmly agreed that there's a few games where there's very little to talk about. We'll still review each of the games, but there's going to be a few of them where I reckon there's very little to discuss without really repeating um, things heavily. So let's go through the ladder at the top. So uh, Port still sitting at the top, um, nine wins, um, obviously 36 points, uh, 127.5. So it's funny, like... You know, they had such a heavy lead with percentage and then also points. But now Brisbane on their heels, um, nine wins as well, 
Not as healthy of a percentage at 118. Brisbane haven't been blowing teams off the park. Some, but not all. Do you think for Port, we'll go through the teams in contention. What do, what do you think with Port? Do you think they've sewn up? Like, I mean, they've, they've surely sewn up a top four position, but do you think they've sewn up the minor premier or the run home's a bit no. interesting for them? No. Um, I think we're starting not to take anything away from Port Adelaide. I still think they're a very good team. But in the last two or three weeks, we're starting to see the deficiencies in, in their, their yeah. makeup and this high resilience of, or what seems to be a resilience um, or reliance, sorry, on if Dixon has a bad game, they don't win. Yeah. If he has a good game, they win. That, that, that's concerning. And it doesn't seem that the spread hasn't been there in the last fortnight either. I don't know whether that's just a combination of um, this condensed season and, and in particular the, uh, the festival of football, and it might be. Um, time will tell. I'm not convinced that the minor premier, uh, well, top two spots sewn up for anyone just yet. I think, uh, and I'll just say it out now, I agree with a lot of other people out there, this year has been the hardest thing or hardest season to talk about games. We've seen so many games that you think, oh, that team's a shoey and they lose. And then this is going to be a blockbuster game and it's a fizz art or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, look, they're a good team. I think top four, be very disappointed. Very, I'd be very surprised if they don't finish top four, but to not guarantee at the moment. I think top four, they almost can't miss. Not mathematically, they technically could, but it, that, that a lot of things that have to go the other way. Um, yeah, because I mean, yeah, St Kilda's only a game behind. That's exactly, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the thing with Port, I do worry as well, um, and that's the kind of benefit of, I guess, some of these blowouts now, is we've got a bit more time to talk about this. Like, with Port, I do worry that they might have fired a bit early. Um, they they were a really good side. You know, there's, we've seen, we, we, you and I have seen this so many times in, in multiple other years where you've got a team that like just blows teams off the park early and doesn't necessarily, I'm not saying this is going to happen with Port, but I do worry that it could happen and not they're not going to have that second wind because, um, you know, they're going to slump and they're kind of in a little bit of that slump at the moment. But yeah, I do, you know, that Richmond, it's hard because that Richmond game... Um, Last year and the year before, through this Richmond period, there has been a lot of teams that when they have beaten Richmond, they've lost the following week because it's a, it's a hard game, it's a physical game. Um, yeah. it's, it takes a lot to beat them. They've been one of the best sides the last three years. And you can make an argument they've been the best because they've won two out of three, but and they're only two games off winning three in a row. But that said, like, you know, that was a very... So I'm, I'm still very bullish on Port, but I do worry they might have fired a bit early and... Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a few little, little cracks. I'm still a little worried um, at times about their defence. It, it, it's it's performed out of its skin, but I, I worry whether that's going to work um, leading into finals. Richmond as well. Uh, we're losing pretty much every indicator, and they only really lost that game by a couple of goals. Outside of those two, those ridiculous fifty meters that were given away, Port would have only won by two goals, which is nothing. So. You know, a bit of wind comes, few things change, and all of a sudden it, it, it can get a lot tighter. So I don't know, but they're 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 clearly a very good side offensively. That they can be very damaging. But you're right, there is definitely a reliance on Dixon that is concerning. Um, but Bokes in you know, if it wasn't for Lockie Neal, we'd be talking about Brownlow Boke. Um, oh, absolutely, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, he's been That's phenomenal. Been a bad game. Yeah, their engine looks great. 
Um, yeah, their ruck solution's generally been pretty good. I think some matchups against some of the top teams is going to be interesting, but I can definitely see where it could go wrong and where it can go right. I think Port are going to be one of those teams because I don't I don't think they're a great side. I think they're a pretty good side. If they get a really good fall of the ledger in terms of where they sit in the finals bracket, they might start to go really deep. But I'm not sure they're going to win the flag. Yeah, and they're missing a, a consistent spark. I mean, we, we know Stevie Motlock on his day is phenomenal. That he's comes also the most though. horrible player. He's almost the, yeah. the most horrible player in AFL at his worst. So that you don't you don't want that no. going into finals. You, you you want consistency. You want certain players uh, peaking at, uh, at the at that time. And yeah, like what like you said, um, Port Pope may have peaked a little bit early, and that comes down to I guess inconsistent. Uh, appearances in, in finals to not not always remembering like what it actually takes to get to finals, but then finding those next levels, those other gears um, for a four or five week period to get to that, that last game that we all play or they all play for. Yeah, and not taking anything away from Port, but there's no doubt that in that Richmond game, um, the crowd did have an influence, um, which is something we've not really seen all year, obviously, because there's been virtually no crowds. But that was something. It was like the um, Carlton West Coast game, for example. That absolutely had a serious influence on the game. So I think elements of it, I know this, you know, it does, like, you know, we'll get some people saying, oh, it's crazy. But it, I, I think it clearly has an impact in this kind of year where, you know, umpires are umpiring, umpiring, umpiring umpiring games where nothing's going, there's no noise, and then they go into a game like this and they're scared for their lives, particularly against a hostile Adelaide crowd. I do wonder that if if Port, and this has not been ruled against yet, but if Port do get home finals, yeah, I think that def, that's like having another person on the ground to some degree through periods of the game. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they finish top, I think they should get home finals. Yes. It's got to work with everything. It's got to work with the yeah. AFL. They can't just have it their way. The government can't sit there and go, yeah, but this is going to happen. It's like, well, you're not playing ball. You can't have the home finals. No. And that's that. But yeah. But yeah, look, they've got all the pieces to the puzzle. I just don't think they've got the picture to put the puzzle together yet. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good um, good summation. And I think, um, yeah, that I, I do worry a little bit about their depth at times yeah. as well in, in some areas. What do you do with West Off? And there's, there's other little bits and pieces. But anyway... Um, so Brisbane, um, sitting on the same points, um, won the same amount of games, played this, played the same amount of games as well, um, sitting at 118. So it sounds like, I mean, for me, Brisbane are still, um, I still think they're probably premiership favourites, them or West Coast. I'll get, we'll get into West Coast in a minute. But the reality is it sounds like, well, we're going to have finals in Queensland, almost certainly. Uh, the rest of the season's obviously being played in Queensland. Brisbane are so fortunate in this situation. They get to go home to their beds every night. Um, they can see their families every night. Like, it's such a such a different scenario for them. They did look a bit flat against North, who are definitely one of the worst sides in the league. And they, they did, to be fair, North did play better. Um, but they didn't look great. Um, and they had to rely on, to some degree, they had to rely on... Um, Fagan to go off at half time to really get them into gear. Where, where do you see Brisbane? I mean, you think they're going to finish top four. Do you still feel like they're premiership favourites or do you think that that's kind of dwindled a little bit? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, slightly. I, that, that forward line is a huge, huge concern for me. Yeah. It, it, it really is if you're relying, and this is not to take anything away from any of the players. They've got a brilliant team, and when it clicks, it, it's almost unstoppable, I think. Uh, they've got one of the top three midfields going around, probably best top two defence in far as um, conceding. So I'm not, I don't know the stats, but... They, they, they look like they can uh, nullify team scoring, but they've got the flexibility and the run and drive off that that back half is is evident. It's going forward, if you're relying on Charlie Cameron to uh, win matches off his boot uh, week in, week out in high-pressure games like finals uh, coming up against season teams like Geelong, West Coast, um, Richmond, these teams that they, they will they will isolate and and nullify someone like Charlie Dixon because um, they've had those systems in place for a long period of time. And McStay and Hitwood have have yet to convince me that they're ready to take the next level. They're close and they're young, which is the massive upside for Brisbane. Um, they've got a big window. Yeah, they've got sure. a big window, and if they can open up teams on the outside. And get the if they can dictate play and, and, and get the ball over the back and, and let Charlie Cameron run into it, then absolutely. But that's a that's a one play that's got to work week in week out um, against teams that know or just got really well stru- structured back lines and, and it feels they won't allow it to happen. They might allow it to happen in, in the uh, home and away. Yeah. Again, this is taking nothing away from these two top teams, and they deserve to be where they are. They played the best football, um, but that doesn't. That we all know. Everyone talks about it. coaches talk about it, players talk about it. It's a different game when it comes to finals. You've got to have so many other resources. You can't rely on one and two. So for Port and Brisbane, the, the, my issue or my concern is the reliance. Or, or lack of consistency in their forward lines. Everything yeah. else is 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 there. Um, yeah, and I like it. I think they've been two of the better teams to watch too when they're playing their style of football. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, offensively is definitely the major concern. I it's hard to compare them because Collingwood have got so many out, but I do worry that um, Collingwood and Brisbane are kind of in a similar position in that they've got when everything's all together. Though they're listed at different ages, and but just bear with mm. me. Both teams kind of have most of the same things sorted. It's just they're still missing a major key forward. And I know McStay and Hipwood, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but not you, but just generally, obviously. But I don't... Yeah. They're not, they're not ready yet. So I, I don't... Yeah. And this is why I, I really can't understand what... I know this has been a crazy season, but generally speaking, I know this is something that bothers you and I as to why we don't have mid-season trading because then it gives Brisbane an opportunity, you know, you know, they're not playing Danaher. He's heavily linked at Essendon. He's heavily linked to Brisbane. If they'd picked him up, I know obviously this whole season's cooked, but in a normal year, let's pretend everything's normal again. Um, if they had picked him up in June or July or whatever, you know, and let's say there's nothing wrong with him, <clears throat> which is some people, that's part of the rumour. Some people say there's nothing wrong with him. Essendon just aren't playing him because he's going to leave. So, so just but, while you're on that, yeah. can we... Because before we get further into the other teams, yeah, can we add <clears throat> add um, just one player that w- would be 
just just for the, the sake of making it a fun mid-season chart, like yeah. of the, the contenders. So right now, so Danaher for Brisbane. Who 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 do you think Pork should target from well, another team? Dana, so not going to play the finals. Yeah, you'd have a go at Danaher, but obviously you'd, you'd if you're Brisbane, but you'd absolutely want to know um, the issue with the knee. You'd have to have a go at Cameron because he's out of contract. Um, and he's a forward and they need a forward, but it sounds almost certainly like he's um, potentially looking at Geelong. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I guess it's hard. I guess Danaher's probably the one. For Port, I don't know. Like they've got Charlie there. Like Charlie's great, but it's it's more there's there's little small deficiencies. I think more Definitely. with yeah, apparently he's going to stay now, though. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah that, but you don't worry about any of that. Like, well, just, yeah, just okay. Throw, throw, throw a name in the ring, just. I think. Well, yeah, you you could you could absolutely go for Papley because that would that would ignite um, speed in, in their forward line, which is something at times they're missing, and they heavily rely on Gray to do that. And at times, yeah. I think that's too much on him. Um, yeah, but I. I yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't. It's hard. Charlie could, could use some help, but at the same time, you know, in the Richmond game, he had three shots that he kicked virtually out on the full right in front. So a lot of it, like he kicks those all of a sudden. I think they've already got it. I think it's more, you know, maturing and, and getting it there, and probably adding a little bit of depth. You know, picking up some of these, you know, fringe players. You know, Jack Graham at Richmond or something like that. That's a good player. That's out of contract or something more like that. More of a role player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then third on the ladder, um, we've got Geelong um, with eight wins, uh, big percentage, 138.5. Um, so the big, biggest percentage um, of all the teams. Yeah, Cats look great. Um, we've tipped them in the last few weeks and, and kind of felt that they would they would keep um, keeping on. Uh, incredible, really, with Guthrie. I never thought that to this extent. I thought maybe Guthrie, but certainly not Menegola as well, I'll be honest. I didn't think those guys would develop to the point that they could pretty much replace Kelly and not have a problem. Which and Ablett hasn't played for weeks, which is wild. And yet the team looks so imposing. Um, Hawkins is playing. We were messaging during the game. I mean, Hawkins is playing 2011 Grand Final form. He looks as good as he's ever looked. Um, everything's kind of clicking into place. It feels like this might be their year. What? What? I mean, they've been so close so many years. What? What do you? What do you think? Are you in the same yeah. mindset? Oh, I'm on. I'm on the cat. I'm on the cat train. Yep. absolutely. They 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 are showing a lot of resemblance of yeah the 2011 side. Um, little bits of that uh, 07 and 08 sides now as well. They they got depth. They can replace. Players, as you as you mentioned, yeah. I mean, Selwood's only just coming back into to their their game, um, and he looks really good for that that break. Even though it was an injury uh, layoff, yeah. he, he just looks fresh and he, and he looks up and about. Hawkins is obviously the smartest forward um, in the comp. Uh, he, he he knows his abilities. He knows his kicking. He knows where to lead, depending on who his teammate is that's uh, coming down with the ball. He knows how to out position rucks, uh, key defensive. Like he, he's got it all. And now that one deficiency that you and I have talked about, or the concern, and a lot of other people is that midfield depth is there now. They have got yeah. a legitimate uh, second tier midfield that can match it with basically any other team in the comp. That back line is is humming along nicely. I mean, two years ago, we thought Ricky Henderson was never going to probably 
get back into an AFL list and play regularly. It was so hard for him. And now he's just come in, no bells and whistles, playing his role. Tom Stewart's brilliant. Uh, Harry Taylor's playing like he did a few years ago. Uh, they're just good. up about yeah. it. They've got a heap of young kids and they've got three first-round draft picks this coming season. Disgusting. Well, one of them's waited on where West Coast finished, so obviously they're going to finish pretty high the ladder. But I know, I know they've still got picks for sure. Um, yeah, well, they'll, they'll, so they, 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 they're set very well. Sorry, yeah, so you go. They're, they're, they're settled very well for a massive tilt. I, I, for me, at the moment, they're the flag favourites. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, time will tell. I like them, though. I'm right on. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll definitely use those picks to try and get Cameron. Um, yeah, I mean, the only... Uh, and, yeah, uh, Completely agree. I mean, the only thing is, I think, yeah, their defence looks fantastic as well, no doubt. The only thing is if Stanley goes down, yeah, their, their ruck is, is still a problem. Uh, against some teams particularly, um, they might not have to play Collingwood, which would be good for them because I think Grundy, if he's on, would tear them apart. But it's funny, we've seen a few games recently where it hasn't, and the Cats are really good at this, but it hasn't mattered as much that, that like, if you look at Melbourne recently, they've been a bit better um, with Gorn being out. It hasn't really mattered that, um, Jackson's been serviceable for sure, I'm not, you know, trashing him, but they've, he's lost hitouts, he's clearly not um, a top ruckman. Um, but, like, this is, and obviously with um, Old Man in there is Proust as well, but it, they, it's still lose the hitouts, but they've still dominated. Like, that's the thing. Like, you don't have to win it. But it, there are... Like, there's top teams that will force you to play certain games. I do worry about West Coast versus Geelong in a final. I, if if Stanley was a little bit off or, or not at all there, that would be a bit of a concern. But, yeah, absolutely, they look fantastic. Um, they're going to win a lot more games. And it sounds like Abel will be back in a couple of weeks as well. And then fourth, um, West Coast, so um, speak of the devil... Um, 121, obviously they had a terrible uh, first um, time in the hub and now they head back to the hub and hopefully their second half is, is, is better than the first hub section they did. But they've been um, brutal, um, to say the least. They've been assassins, really. Um, and Kennedy looks like he's 21 again. Uh, he look, it, I, I, I said on this podcast, I mean, it's incredible because we're, I don't think we're sensationalist at all, but I, I'm... I said, I was like, did Hearn go on too long? Did Kennedy go on too long? And then now they look like a totally different side. It's crazy. Like, it just shows, like, the impact that it had. And this is why I favour Brisbane so much at the back end of the year. It shows how much benefit it is when you're, you know, there in your home state. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll deal with it. I, I, I reckon they'll deal with it a lot better. Kelly looks heaps better. He looked awful in the first half of the year, but he looks much better now. Um, Nat Nui's vicious. Um, yeah, they look they look so good. Well, I mean, what what who is their ideal um, with with the tops? I'll put it like this, right? Because obviously you're going to say, yeah, they look great. We both agree, but no, nah, sure, yes. they're, they're the junk. Okay, well, you you junk. go with that. No, no, but like with with West Coast, who do you think would be their worst matchup of the top teams? Like, let's deep into the finals. Who do you think they'd want to play or don't want to play? Either avenue, but I guess talking about them against the top because they're going to make it. And they'll probably finish top four. What, what do you think about them against the, the group? So your Brisbane's, your Ports, Richmond's, Geelong's, these guys. Who, who do you think they'd rather play? They're probably going to... Well, it'll be interesting, depending on where they finish. We've done a few later predictions. But what, what do you think? Yeah, and I guess the uh, with some teams full of strength than others, it's a, it's a bit hard because I would say they wouldn't want to play a full-strength Collingwood. 
No. Uh, I think that would that that would be the hardest thing for them because Nat Nui gets nullified with Grundy, and that's where a lot of their drive comes. And both midfields are, are, are pretty well well matched, and obviously both defensive ends and, and uh, different forward structures. Um, I think West Coast would have the upper hand in the forward structure, but um, when Collingwood's defensive um, setup is is pretty good, so that I think at full strength Collingwood would, would, would be right now. Oh, look, Geelong. It, I, I, I think that if they they come up against Port at the moment, their their defense um, would would easily account for uh, West uh, West off uh, Dixon and Gray and the like. Same with Brisbane. I, I think they would monster McStay, yeah. um, uh, Wood, uh, Cameron, and midfields would would sort of nullify each other out. Um, and Darling and Kennedy would test a very very good. Uh, Brisbane backline and again Richmond full strength Richmond when when they get Edwards and um, Basher back I think that and and, and Asprey I, I think those three in particular would make West Coast's uh, struggle a little bit more but yeah. other than that I, I think where are they weak now that McGovern's back. Mm. Not that their back line was back without him, but no, but wow, he, he where, looks, where are they weak? I mean, yeah. he's so good. You forget how good he is. So as soon as he comes back in the team, you're like, wow, like so many intercept marks. He's just the way he reads the game. I mean, that that you know, everyone always talks about Dom Sheed with the end of the 2018 Grand Final. But if if McGovern doesn't mark it, set that play up, and then um, get that ridiculous pass to Vardy off, and Vardy's pass to to Liam Ryan's fantastic as well, who then obviously mm. goes on to Sheed, but um, and they get a bit lucky with the block, but regard with Maynard, but regardless of any of that, the, the setup is is McGovern completely. So oh, yeah, yeah, he's an incre- incredible player. I can't believe how good he's become. I remember a few years back, I think it might have been a year just maybe before we started the podcast. You and I were like, "Wow, this guy's so overpaid," and you know, what is this guy? But now he's become an incredible player. Um, and then it's funny looking and at. The- Sorry, you go. Sorry, no, no. for me, they're they they equal with um, West Coast uh, with Geelong for, uh, as okay. flag favourite. Just I've got Geelong just ahead, just because oh, Geelong's already shown how good they can play up in Queensland. Yeah, I've got. So that's the only concern. That's literally the only concern I have for West Coast right now is how they handle this next round yeah. of hub life. I'd have Brisbane in the middle of those two, but not. I think West Coast is a better side, but I, I just think because. Brisbane's been at home this entire time. We're, yeah. we're likely to play finals in Queensland as well. I don't know. I just I, I know I know about all the offensive deficiencies, but I just feel like there'll be there'll be a game where McStay will. This is the thing about him. It's not a bad forward line. There'll be a game where McStay will stand up. Will they do it in a final? I don't know. But I feel like there'll be a final, probably an earlier one, where one of them or a bit of both. Uh, between Hipwood and McStay, it, it'll get them over the line. They're good enough. Um, well, West Coast, West Coast are only two losses up in Queensland yeah. away from me. Me thinking that they're not going to go deep and, into and the that's finals. exactly, and that's one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how close. That's how close it is at the moment. Oh, 100%. Sorry, I mentioned Rob. And that's exactly it. For me, yeah. with West Coast, I um, I want to see them back the second half of the hub. I know they've been imperious yeah, in Perth, but we're not in Perth anymore. Um, and then, so just to mention as well, West Coast have played 11 games, not 12. Um, and then, so St Kilda, 
So this is the main team we didn't have in our preseason eight. We had so if you look at the eight, we, if you look at the top ten as it currently stands, that's exactly how I had um, my eight. Except I had the Saints at ninth and I had the Giants at fifth. That's that's otherwise if you flip the Giants and the Saints, that's exactly how I had the layout. Um, not not button. So this is this is not about you know amazing predictions it was more more that like it's funny like it's because it'll change but it's funny the way it's currently sitting because we've still got weeks it'll be funny if the siren blew now because then they're, they're not Nostradamus but it'll completely change between <laughs> now and then particularly given there's teams but that haven't played um, the same amount of games and Melbourne are going to probably disrupt that but so Saints obviously the big one that we didn't see coming I had them just outside the eight I thought they would be better but not this good um, so eight wins which is amazing best best performance they've had um, certainly since the the heydays of, of Ross Lyon and, and Nick Rewa and all those guys in the earlier um, 2010s um, and around that era what, what what do you think so Saints are a funny one obviously they've been great they've they've had a couple of funny old games but you know they're, they're, they're going to win a lot they'll make finals now you'd think almost certainly what, what unless incredible drop-off where, where do you feel there are? Do you, do you think they can make a legitimate push? Like, is this is it on? Like, or, or, or are they going to, you know, is it going to fizzle away? Oh, look, the, hand on heart, I, I, I didn't think St Kilda were going to be this good this season. Mm. I, I really thought that <clears throat> the the pressure of um, a condensed season with a new team, all that would have just been a little bit too much. But they, they've shown... That, and Ratney is a very good coach, and I've talked about it uh, plenty of times and still baffles us that he was ever sacked from Carlton. Yeah. Um, that's a, another story. And they're very good. I think, though, on their best, they're, they're, they're very, very good. And their, their outside run can really um, stretch teams, and that's my concern about them going deep. That's very... And they've gone better, uh, as you and I alluded to last week or the week before, that they're, they're, they're not purely relying on that run-and-gun uh, mentality. Um, there's a, they, they've learned how to slow down a little bit, but I don't think to the degree that will see them go deep. I think as well a few of their key pillars... I, think they can win a, I reckon they can win our final. Yeah. Um, and then... Then you obviously come up against some of the, the, the big hitters and, and, and teams that have more experience. I do worry as well that the, a few of their players, like you know your Steels and these guys, have played way out of their skin. And I do worry about how long that can last and whether that would be um, something that could work in finals for this, this length of period. But it's an interesting question. I mean, are, are they? is it going to be like a Bulldogs of 16? Are they just going to pull a rabbit out of a hat? I mean, I think the Dogs looked closer at that stage. This really would be from the clouds. But, um, you know, I don't know. A lot of things are going to have to go right. Battle's going to have to have, like, you know, that's the thing. They're all going to have to have, like, career-defining back ends of this year. They're all going to have to play... To win it, they're going to have to all play completely out of it, or even go to a prelim. They're going to have to play out of this game. They essentially have to rely on a basically, I know it's his second year, but your first year, yeah, key forward to win a game. Yeah. That's not going to happen in finals, no, uh, not in my opinion. I mean, yeah, Butler's good, but again, as good as it has been for the small forwards this year, you still need a reliant big key forward to win games of football, especially yep. in finals, because they become 
goals become like uh, nuggets of gold. They're, they're, they're much rarer than your um, home and away season and they just go a much longer way um, when it comes to finals as we've seen throughout yeah. the year. So that, that's, that's the only thing. Um, and how many players have played finals at St Kilda? Well, there's very few. Yeah, Paddy Ryder barely. I was going to say that the guys that they bought in in the last two um, years. Well, yeah, old mate Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah. So Hill's got a lot of experience. Ryder's got a bit of experience. But he's Canterbury in terrible form. He's got though. heaps of experience. Yeah. Um, Butler's got some experience, but you know, um, but that's, that's, that's yeah. a handful of players. That's something that's going to, have to turn around though. Like Hill's in terrible form and they're still doing pretty well. So anyway, that's that's kind of St Kilda. I still think they. I reckon they'll get to get to the they'll make finals, but I reckon they'll either. Yeah, I feel like they're probably going to make. They'll make one. I think they finish. I think they finish fifth or sixth now. Yeah, I think they'll they'll win a final, but then I think they'll they'll yeah, they'll go same. from there. And then Richmond, obviously in contention, um, they've they've uh, won seven games, played twelve, hundred nineteen percent. Yeah, I mean, where where do you feel Richmond are at? Like, obviously, they started pretty slow against the Gold Coast, which we'll get into in a minute when we go through the games. But I mean, where, where do you feel they're at? Is that you know they're a funny team because you know they obviously they've been right up there for a long period of time. Um, I think Bolt has massively improved. Um, you know, he's he's backline's been better. Um, you know, Cochin's obviously been a He's not in his best form, but they still need to get Prestia back. They need to get a few of these other pieces back, I think, to really go deep. And then the forwards have been a bit better. Um, what What do you think? Is Is this another year where they can win it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and I think they're the only team not currently in the four that could potentially push one of those teams out. Yeah. The, that that buy is either going that buy the draw is either going to be. Uh, Blessing. God sends or, or a, a yeah, blessing yeah. or, or, or uh, aberration. Um, aberration, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, uh, and look, I think last night's game was an aberration. Like, oh, I completely forgot they had came off a nine-day break. So it does a, I'm, not, I'm not surprised it took a little while for them to, to wake up yeah. in the midst of um, everyone else playing uh, hell-bent football day in, day out, essentially. Yeah, well, the yeah, Gold Coast look, have been up. They've been up for a while. They were pretty tired, which we'll get into in a second. Yeah, and you did. They had to play right out of their skin, um, and they matched it for three quarters. And then, yeah, and then it started. That the they were on an oily rag, um, and they just couldn't quite get. And when they're tired, you see where those little things like the. And I don't want to uh, isolate this this um, particular incident because Rankin's quite new to the game, but yeah. He sort of reached out. The commentary talked about it. He sort of reached out lazily for a, a running mark with one hand. Champagne style. It slipped, it's yeah. yeah, it slipped out. He had to double back. Didn't work. Yeah, tried to sell it before he had it. We'll um, get into that in the game. But, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, so. The Richmond, back to, yeah, back yeah. to Richmond. Now they're just humming along. They know there's still a few weeks before finals. Yes, they'll get players back. They'll, they'll. No, they just know their systems so well. And um, while they were slow last night, um, they've been slow for the first half of the year, to be quite honest. So they're just gearing up for another tilt, and I think they could, they could win it from any position. Um, in the eight. Yeah, well, they are a team that could win yeah, it from out, I reckon. And now, then... that home, now that home ground advantage is basically 
Brisbane only. Well, yeah, it's pretty much that. That that yeah, because Gold Coast aren't playing finals. No, I wouldn't think so now. Um, and then Collingwood. So they obviously had a massive um start of the season, and then obviously a lot of injuries now. Um, game plan seems a bit confused to me as well. And uh, offensively, they're, they're really struggling to score. Um, it's still the same age-old problem. This is why they went after Lynch. Um, speaking of Richmond, there's no doubt they're, they're making, I'm sure, as many plays as they can behind the scenes try and get a series forward. Um, ben Brown's been talked a bit about um, uh, tied to Collingwood. Uh, I don't know how they could possibly fit him in, given Dugowie and Moore um, and what, what they do. But what, what do you think about Collingwood? I mean, like... It, I guess it all hinges, doesn't it, on whether they can get everybody back and get everyone right. Hey, that that seems to really be the race against time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, Bucks might uh, come across as Nostradamus because I'm pretty sure it was him right at the start of the season that said, look, more than ever, this is probably the season where banking wins early in the season are going to be paramount for a finals berth. And it might just come to fruition that their, their stellar first five or six weeks will get them over the line and, if they do and they, if they can seriously get um, some of these stars back, yeah, ooh, yeah, again, they've all played finals regularly for the last few years uh, as a pretty cohesive unit. They don't, they, they don't need a lot of t- game time to get back into um, a style that everyone knows because they've been doing it for a couple, two or three years. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... Yeah, it all comes down to that. Uh, they they make finals, they get players back, they become a danger. But I'm not even convinced they uh, set in the eight. Yeah, I think it's going to be really, really, really hard for them. I think there's Still. a big chance they fall out. And the biggest concern yeah. too is there's players that like you know I, I hear a lot of people saying oh they got to get them back, got to get them back. There's a few players that that simply I think they almost need to forget about um, coming back this year. Um, yeah, they, yeah. I, I think they're going to have to be very. Yeah, their, their depth is already being tested. Um, yeah, there's a few players in that side that I don't think would be getting games if they had um, no. a much fitter list. I think that side's been really stretched. I think they're going to fall out, to be honest. And then Melbourne, um, they've got a game in hand. Everybody keeps forgetting as well. Melbourne still have to play Essendon, which I think they'll definitely win. Uh, we said three or four weeks ago that we think Melbourne will win, and now now there's no doubt they'll win it, surely. Yeah. Um, so Melbourne now uh, won six, but they've played 11. You'd, you'd almost say they're going to win, uh, given Essendon's plight at the moment. You'd almost, although it would be very typical Essendon to win it. But um, what, what, what do you think? Yeah, just, I mean, to, st- just to stop stuff everything up. Like, was... <laughs> Pro- probably. But no. But especially what, what... if they're not. Especially if they're not. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, I think they're almost certainly not. But what, what they're too far behind now. I think there's particularly with um, uh, dogs winning and winning well on the weekend, getting a much healthier percentage against Adelaide and all, all that stuff. But what, what, what do you think about um, Melbourne now? Are oh, they going to make finals? Like they're, they're in? Like that's it for you? You're convinced on Melbourne? No, definitely not. Okay. I'm not convinced. I'm not going to be convinced about Melbourne for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, so first of all, they're in this position because they got to play Adelaide and North Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and they had Hawthorne a few weeks ago. So um, they're the bottom three teams. Yeah, I don't disagree. So I was just curious one. to see. Yeah, yeah. so they're bottom, yeah, bottom three teams. Um, and the, their midfield, I mean, Petrarca's been great. And their midfield beat up on lesser midfield. So... 
they've got West Coast, uh, the Doggies coming up soon or next week. Uh, that'll be a good test. They've got St Kilda. That'll be a brilliant test for them. Um, Sydney, they should be fine with that. And they've got Frio, Port Adelaide, sorry, Frio, GWS, who they finish with. Essence. So, yeah, look, the run home is pretty comfortable, nice for them. Yeah. They don't have it. Don't have the most difficult. So if I was a betting man, I'd have them sneaking in the eight and then getting belted in the first round. I think they'll finish eighth. I think they might win a final, but then I reckon they'll fall away after that as well. Um, yeah, I, I I worry about and elements of their game for sure. Yeah, and that's more more that's saying more about the teams below them and their inabilities to leapfrog the teams that high. Yeah, so, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, I think I think they sneak in, but. I'm not convinced at all from this. No, no. I was being I was being partly facetious because I, I the, the hype the hype is there um, from people at the moment. But I, I agree. I don't think oh, yeah. I I haven't seen them play enough top sides to really um, comment now at the moment whether I think they could legitimately push it. But I, I think yeah, I, I think they're going to make not make up the numbers, but I think they'll they'll struggle against the top teams. I, I'm yet to be proven otherwise. And then. Um, the Giants, they feel like they're running on fumes, the Giants. So they're, they're, they're sitting there on the edge of the eight, 24 points. Um, what, do you, what do you think? Like, are the, are the Giants any chance of doing, doing damage this year? Are they going to have a run like they did at the back end of last year or no? Yeah, oh, again, they still stare. Just purely looking at talent on paper, they're, they're scary uh, proposition. But probably after St Kilda, they're, they're probably the most um, the most surprised a team I'm, I'm looking at because I did not see them struggling. Not like this. At this stage. No, well, I, I'm pretty sure I had them in the top four. I think I you had them pretty high up. I, I had them fifth. Yeah, I had them out yeah, at four. But, yeah. but at the start of the season, there was oh, there's no way I would have said that they're not playing finals. I, look, at this stage, Collingwood are at the most risk of dropping out and I can see either of the dogs or giants coming in. Yeah, without having having look uh, forward at their fixtures too much. Well, dogs are an interesting one, so that that we'll, I think we'll leave it there because after that, I think it starts to get pretty questionable. But um, dogs, oh, nobody, no, nobody after the dogs is playing final. No, so dogs, they they're they've played twelve games um, and they're on twenty four points, whereas the Giants have played eleven games and they're on twenty four. But I feel like the dogs are in much better health, um, and I think they're much more likely to be honest, um, than the Giants. It's all about those last three teams. Who's going to claim that spot? And and the interesting one is Collingwood looked the weakest of the bottom end of the eight um, to be then allowing that, giving that position up. But what what do you think of the Dogs? Like, obviously, I, I think they had a massive win against Adelaide, but that Adelaide, we could beat Adelaide. What, what, what do you think... Um, about the the dogs, are they are they a real chance to push this year? Are they, their cogs are moving a bit better. No, no, no. But it's unless they can somehow find a, a style of football that they haven't shown all year that they can bring into the finals. Pretty much like twenty sixteen, but I guess teams teams are a bit more sort of open and susceptible to teams having a, a another game plan. They'll do Real out. It spent so much, so many months at the start of the year, analysing what they were doing. It's it's not like they don't know what's possible. They they don't know what teams that can possibly bring to the table come finals. Yeah. And again, yeah, not kick five goals against Adelaide. Yep. 
I could do you that. Kicked too. six sort of in the end. Yeah. Uh, oh, six, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you just can't read too much into anyone who's just played Adelaide in particular no. um, during no, the no. week. They look better, though. Would they, you agree? Yeah, they absolutely. Yeah, oh, absolutely, they do. They, he definitely um, gives them much more flexibility. They're, they're much more fluid in their in their style of play, and they're not going to be easy beats if they play finals either. Don't get me wrong. I just can't see them doing a repeat of uh, their twenty sixteen heroics, and they kind of making up numbers if they make it. If Collingwood fall out. Who do you put in? Who do you put in that back end of the eight? Do you put the Giants back in, or do you put the Dogs in? Um, it all comes down to who's who they've got. I think the Giants have got a pretty off the top of your head, though. Like, I mean, in terms of Giants, uh, yeah, Giants still Giants. Both, they've both been pretty up and down teams all year. So uh, low scoring the Giants, though. Like, they're going to struggle at the back end of the year playing like that. Yeah, they're barely getting to fifty points. Like, they, they, you know, it's amazing that. And I know, I get it, but it's amazing in some respects that Jeremy Cameron's getting offered all these massive contracts. He He's in terrible form. Like, you know, the Dogs have probably got the hardest run home. They do. Those teams. But they do, oh, they are a side, I think, that um, relishes that a little bit. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, yeah, there's a few teams I think they'd worry coming up against, but then there's a couple I, I think they're a bit of a chance, particularly with home ground advantage basically going out of the window now. Um, so that's kind of a, a recap, I guess, of everyone where they're at and a bit of an opinion. We haven't allowed a recap at all this whole year, so we thought we'd do one because we're probably not going to really kind of do another one until the back end of the year when we review the, the home and away period um, before we go into finals. But, yeah, it's just we've been asked quite a bit by listeners um, to give a bit of a recap. It's been almost impossible to do because there's been... Even even now, like there's not everyone's played the same amount of games, but um, it's interesting to kind of talk a bit about where everyone's at. Um, so going on to the rounds, um, we'll skip a few games in some respects because there's like nothing to take out of them, and there wasn't really any any kind of major events out of them. So when we were last recording, um, it was the first time we ever recorded when there's been a game going on, but there was no other way to avoid it. But Fremantle, um, Hawthorne. There's nothing to take out of this game for me. Um, it was a pretty uneventful game, 48 to 32, freer by 16 points. The Hawks were pretty poor. Um, we could probably leave that discussion, I reckon, about Hawthorne until we get into the next round because I think there's a bit more to discuss. But Fremantle, look, I've, I've really enjoyed watching them play. It was a crappy old night. Um, you know, the kids struggle a little bit as we get further into the year, but nothing to take out of this game. Nothing happened. Uh, I, I think I took virtually no notes. Like I, I yeah, nothing. And then no, all on average, Freo played better. And they're two teams that won't make finals. So we, we, that's the thing is, as we've always done in this podcast, and this is the third year in. Once we get to this stage of the season, this is what would normally be, you know, June, late June, early July. Um, at this point of the year, we start to be like, no, I'm not wasting time on that. Um, if you've got any specific questions. More than happy to shoot us, um, email AFL Deep Dive, AFL Deep Dive on social, whatever. But, you know, for the general listeners and, and following other teams, there's really not a lot of um, point uh, banging on some of these games. And then, um, so after that, um, we are the Crows Pies. So uh, what, look, it's hard because obviously two teams that are struggling a little bit at the moment, um, to say the least. Um, Crows obviously struggling heavily. I don't think they'll win a game for the rest of the season. I can't see where it's going to come from. They got a hard run home. And then the Pies, they got it done. They started poorly, though. Um, Crows looked in it at the start. 
Um, yeah, I mean, yes, obviously Collingwood had a lot of outs, but you know they were looking they were looking good for a period there. The Crows. It looked like this might be the game. Well, I mean, what did you think of this? I mean, the, the terrible first half for Collingwood in this game. Like it, it felt like this was a like the disaster. Brewing. Oh, I'll just refer to my comments from about two minutes ago, and yeah. I can't take anything out of the team playing Adelaide at the moment. I just can't. I just. But Collingwood in general. For what you, no, no. But, well, I, I'd just be repeating exactly what you said, mate. I, yeah. I, I was astounded to see the halftime score. I, I really was. I was just like, oh wow, the the injuries are, to this team are that bad that they can't get over the line, and then they obviously stepped up a little bit and. And, and, and did a job and won fairly convincingly yeah. against the team. But, I mean, at full strength, you put a one in that front of that 62, essentially, that would have absolutely destroyed yeah. Adelaide. Um, and look, these, I guess, <laughs> going back to what our conversation has been about, if Collingwood <laughs> asked to make fun, these are the type of games that they should need to win. Yeah, and they, they were not convincing at all, and that that's definitely the concern. No. Um, you know, I thought Dunn was good, but they would not have had it in the in the realm of possibility that this stage of the year they'd be playing Dunn. So yeah, we'll move on from that game. And then the draw, crazy end. I don't think a very good game. I had a lot of people like losing their minds over this game on social. I thought this game was pretty poor. So seventy three all Gold Coast versus Essendon. Gold Coast and then them showing. That I'm very concerned them playing Friday night. Another short break. Um, so obviously this, we we saw this game against Essendon for the Gold Coast, and then the Richmond game just gone, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, like, wow, they, they look tired the second half. Got, yeah. I mean, they've been really good all year, not taking anything away from them. Obviously, a very, very young side, but they looked exhausted. And then once Richmond woke up, the, I mean, yes, the scoreline at times was close-ish, but there wasn't really anything in it. There was never a chance it was going to happen. But this was two, like, poorish teams um, for me. Yes, it had a crazy end. Yes, Rankin, you know, really should have centered it. Um, I think uh, there was enough time. I don't know why he was going for a shot that far out. He went for the barrel, didn't work. He really should have tried to center it, give somebody the option after the siren. Um, didn't work. Uh, but, yeah, Essendon, so patchy. They they really, you know, obviously so many deficiencies in their game as well. Any takeaways for you out of this game? Are you happy to move on? Obviously, two teams out of contention. Yeah. I, no, I think just really quickly, I, I agree with you. I, I watched this and was bored for most of it um, just because it's close doesn't make it a good game. Yeah. Um, again, we just, we, we, we're seeing a team that's still playing and learning uh, in Gold Coast and tired, as you said, um, against an Essendon side that has a, a good to very good midfield. Yeah. Since some cogs, like they win so much possession. And uh, McGrath's emirates shields they're, they're good users of it, but they got no one to kick it to to kick it off. Yeah. So what's the point of winning all the football when there's no one in front to get it through the big six? And um, I'll try not to harp on about Essendon's non-existent forward line for the rest of the season, but it's clear every week that that's where they fall down. Oh, it's by far that it's it's not even like a you know, a Brisbane's one where, like, yes, no. there's deficiencies, but they're still going to be okay. This is a... They can still kick scores. nothing. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the literally have human beings that wear their uniform in the forward line. They're not footballers. They're not forwards, that's for sure. And now they've got even more concerns. But, yeah, they're, they're going to miss yeah. finals. And then, so into round 12, 
Um, the Sydney derby, which it's hard because you cover this for two angles. Obviously, I thought Sydney were fantastic. Um, yeah, 650 less games of experience and the Swans um, oh, wow. belted them. Um, there's no other way to look at it. Um, but, uh, you know, three kicks for three goals all day with the Giants. It's, I mean, like, it's hard because we, we normally start with the winners and we'd normally be praising Sydney. But, look, they're not playing finals. We'll get into the good. We've spoken the good things about Sydney all year so far and we'll review them at the end of the year. But what do you think? The story here is the Giants. I mean, they were so bad, it's not funny. They look like a lost, confused, and embarrassing side. Yeah, and, and they have uh, looked out of sorts for who knows what reason. I mean, this is a team that have literally played all together for the last four to five years with the same coach. Like They've got some of the most... But stable um, pillars of any football team when it comes to um, that area, the actual football department. And yet they constantly put uh, horrible numbers. And this is probably the worst I've seen them play since the, the snow game against the Hawks last year. I mean, this is it. Uh, that's, and then you might look, you know, They've done this handshake agreement with Cameron. Is he the right person to take them forward? Obviously, there's still more to be played out this year. But I don't know, like maybe same voice for too long. Um, it still feels like at times they're way too selfish. Um, at halftime, Cornelio completely baked them as well and said they were hopeless. Like it's, And he's right. They were. They were absolutely terrible. It's and, But so much of they've got so much effort, uh, so, so much talent. It, for me, it's just effort. Like it's just not there. So I, I, yeah, I, I really, I, I think they're, they're, they, they and, and Collingwood, they're the two biggest concerns I have at the back end of the eight. L- less so Melbourne and, um, and the Dogs. I think they're, they're the two bigger concerns. If they have another couple of games like this, it's going to completely destroy them. Yeah, the, the, I, I have to agree that there's something mentally going on uh, with the, the playing group. Um, yeah, it, it is either Cameron. Um, going to be be there uh, next year. I, I guess the coach is uh, a little safer because he's got a contract and he probably doesn't want to go anywhere, whereas um, the big guy up forward is going to have a lot of offers thrown at him. And if this is the team that he's been shown to him week in, week yeah. out, why would, why, why would he stay? Um, because the longer this goes on, the, the further away that or the closer the end of this premiership window um, is likely because then you sure start retiring uh, your Callum Wards start retiring and these types and they don't yeah. have those remade players to come back in um, and fill those gaps because they haven't had to play them so it just, it's I mean awesome win by Sydney and this is probably the second or third win of the year for Both. Sydney that have been, have been brilliant and but they're sitting where I probably had them at the start of the year bottom four so big win and good on them and congratulations uh, I think it says more about the deficiencies of yeah. that um, GWS unit at the moment Sydney have been way way better than we all expected them to be I think they've way outperformed but obviously yeah that, that the GWS didn't show up and that's a massive concern um, which we went into and then Cats Port um, this was kind of you know billed as this great game Friday night it looked really exciting on paper Two top teams, and it was terrible. It's the worst I've seen Port Adelaide play for memory this year. I can't think of another game that was this bad. 
10 goals. Uh, I know the Cats are really good, but 91 to 31. Um, the Cats completely smashed them at the clearance. Um, the Cats were so much cleaner. Hawkins obviously was enormous at one of the best individual games for sure. Um, you know, there were periods of the game where it was like one mark to 13 marks. Like it was just like embarrassed. The stats are, are hilarious. Um, yeah, what, what did you think of this? I mean, the Cats obviously massively flexing their muscles, but... You know, we spoke a bit about Port. It, did this has this started to raise some of those alarm bells that you were speaking a bit about with Port now? Yeah, yeah it absolutely did. It's funny the um, we wouldn't have had Hawkins not kicked as well as he did, yeah, and, and been as dominant in that forward line. Um, we would have been talking about how influential Danger was. Um, I haven't seen him lace out kick like this. Since his Adelaide days, it was it was phenomenal how clean he was with the ball, especially those driving inside fifty kicks. I don't I don't recall seeing him miss a target, and more importantly, exposing the Port Adelaide defence like like he did. He he, he was stellar. Hawkins was stellar. Uh, Gary Rowan was really really good. Uh, Brian Myers, excellent. Uh, that second, I don't even like calling it a second tier because they're all elites now, but the second tier, mids for Geelong, uh, Manigola, Duncan and um, Guthrie were, were phenomenal. And, yeah, back the back six, obviously, <laughs> they allowed 31 points, which is amazing against the ladder, the top ladder team in the Conklin Port. So mm. Port just couldn't get started. Geelong didn't let them. Well, yeah, and it's the best game I think the Cats have played all year. They were huge. Um, no Ablot, like, yeah, they, they were amazing. Um, so impressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if Hawkins plays like that, I mean, they've got one hand on the cup if he plays like that, honestly. I mean, he's, he, he yeah, that's going to be... He he absolutely monstered um, Port Adelaide's defence. So there was nothing that they could yeah. do. And he absolutely loves big-time football. He does, yeah. Oh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, the only thing is, I, I, I messaged um, a Geelong fan during the game, a friend, and I was like, um, you know, he's uh, this is redemption from last year where he, you know, punched someone in. I can't remember who it was now, but in the in the prelim and, and uh, sorry, in the previous final, didn't get into the prelim and then lo- they lost to Richmond. But um, anyway, so look, yeah, good good game, I guess, from a Geelong perspective. A Geelong fan, he would have loved this, but. Um, neutral fans probably was pretty average for you to watch. Um, yeah, we, we've gone pretty heavily into these teams because of the latter. And then the North um, Lions game, this was an okay game. Um, pretty even on the scoreboard in the end. North were, you know, Lions were definitely a bit down and North were a bit up and as a result it was close. Um, Larky was great to watch. Um, but Lions were so inaccurate though. Like it should never have gotten to this. Like, um, their energy was way down, very inaccurate. In some respects, the Brisbane were a little bit lucky to win. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they got that bake at halftime and, and they, you know, they made sure they got it done because they, they can't let, you know, losses like this go. It's not, uh, you know, play 22 games where you've got some time to make it up. There's there's no time this year. So you've only got the 17 and that's the thing that's unique about this season. But, you know, North are okay. They've got some players, Davis, Uniac, all these guys. You know, I thought Larky, as I said, was good. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do at the end of the season, whether they trade Goldstone in these guys, whether they finally part ways with some of these guys. The problem is they don't have as much trade bad as they did last year. So I don't no. know what they're going to do. <clears throat> no, exactly. I guess, yeah, from a, if you're a North supporter, you're going to be 
pretty happy with this youthful midfield that's coming through. They they, they showed a lot of heart, yeah. pretty hard at it, um, pretty skillful too. I, I guess for me, looking at the Brisbane team, it was akin to watching like a really good player uh, get dropped and have to play in, in the second tier comp, whether it's AFL or basketball or whatever. Um, and they brought down a level. You think they're going to dominate, but they don't because the rest of the players around them are at a lower level. So for them to, to fit in, yeah, um, they, they they drop a little bit. And I think from from a collective, that's what happened with, with Brisbane and they struggled to really change their mindset um, to get out and, and come up and play their normal style of football. Again, inaccuracy in front of goal. It's going to happen occasionally, especially when you're not fully switched on because of the opponent or you're lethargic or whatever the case may be. But look, aside from the fact that it wasn't the most skillful game, it was enjoyable enough to watch. I, I didn't, I didn't mind it, mainly because, yeah. like, mainly because we saw effort from North Melbourne, uh, yeah. which always makes which we've not seen more, more watchable. Yeah, which we've not really seen. And then, yeah, so probably no. not too much more to take out of that. And then Dee's Pies... Um, we both tipped Melbourne, uh, I guess. So we'll start with Melbourne. Wiedemann, I thought, was good. Um, great, much better pressure by the Ds than the last few weeks. Um, I thought their switches were a lot better. Uh, I thought their structures were a lot better for sure. Um, yeah, look, good game. Um, I didn't think that they would lose to the Pies given how many outs they've got, though. I wasn't really massively surprised by this, though, to be honest. Um the pies have got so many outs now that the and the ins that they've got are just pretty patchy. That um, you know, credit where credit's due, but you know it, it's starting to get pretty thin on 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 out there. So yeah, major parts of their structure now look look pretty um, Swiss cheese to be honest. And yeah, too, just too many outs and and very lazy defensive efforts, which is is concerning um, at this stage of the yeah. season. Well, what did you think of this game? Uh, yeah. Funnily enough, like actually changed changed my tip based on some of the ends uh, that Collingwood were getting back in, mate. In, in particular, uh, Elliot, Elliot and and Pendlebury. Yeah. Just how inconvincing, unconvincing Melbourne have been all season. But alas, uh, I was proven wrong and reminded that you do not like change your tips uh, five minutes before the bounce. You just stick with it and go, okay, whatever it will be. Um, yeah, look, Melbourne will get a little bit out of this as a team, I think, because it's Collingwood um, and having a, a, a almost 10-goal win against Collingwood regardless of who comes out is just a, a good psychological boost. That's 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 about it. Um, Brayshaw showed a bit more, uh, and I think he needs to spend majority of the game on, on, on the ball nowhere else. Uh, I think some of those other mids... A little bit more flexible. He needs to, to be right in and amongst it to, to have the most influence possible. Yeah, Wiedemann keeps going, going well. I think that back line is starting to uh, evolve and, and gel a little bit better um, than what we've seen so far. So there are some good signs from Melbourne. Yeah, just I'm just again without having to sound like a broken record, just unconvinced. Um, again, they've, they've beaten up a team that. Is essentially a reserves team in Collingwood, and they beat up Hawthorne, who were, regardless of what no. Clarko says, in a rebuild stage. North Melbourne and yeah. Adelaide are bottom of the ladder. So yeah, no, you make you make good points. I I, I agree. Yeah, I, I definitely think that um, 
they haven't beaten enough top teams for sure. But this was convincing. Um, and then yeah, Frio oh, Blues. Ten goal going to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And then Frio Blues. Um, <laughs> we spoke a little bit about this uh, back and forth. In, I think on the phone as well. I like how like yes, it had a crazy end. Yes, it was a kick after the siren. I mean, you know, Gibbons should have taken the kick. There's absolutely no way that should have gone to Nunes. But um, anyway, but like how how did people think this was a great game? This was like it, it had a crazy end. Like this doesn't – it was awful through sections of it, this game. There, there is one person on the face of this earth that up until that last couple of minutes would have been frothing at the mouth of this game. Ooh. Ross Lyon. Yeah. Ross Lyon. It was a very lost run. Absolutely yeah. salivated. This was a Ross type Fremantle Dockers wing dust. Grind away, keep it as low as possible, and wing by a goal or so. And and that's basically how, how it almost ended. I, I I literally switched off five minutes before seeing the most exciting part of this game because I was literally falling asleep at the couch. I went, Freo will win this. Now, I can't see Carl Neville look like getting their noses in front and, and holding well, so many errors. Way. Yeah, they should have won it a, mul- a multitude of other ways. There's no doubt that, that Carlton got the, the, the bad end of the stick from the umpires. The umpiring was horrific yeah. all night. It's the worst game I've seen this year in terms of from an umpiring, I reckon, or certainly since last week. I mean, there's been some absolutely horrible ones, but solo scoring. Uh, Yes, it was a crazy end, but it was a cra- It was made crazy by the ridiculously bad umpiring. It was clearly Gibbons' kick, and I don't reckon he kicks it from there. So anyway, yeah, it was it was good, I guess, but it was made good by horrible umpiring decisions, which made it poor. So I, I don't really understand how you can how one can overlook that. But yeah, it, I, I yeah, Ross, that's a good call. Ross Lyon would have, would absolutely. I think a few people on Twitter had said this actually. Yeah, we would have absolutely <laughs> loved that. But. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, obviously Frio, um, I've enjoyed watching their kids this year. I think it's been one of the more underrated aspects of this year. But Carlton, um, yeah, they, they give themselves a sneaky chance, but they have to win every game from here. So let, let's be realistic. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing these two teams next year. Yeah. The year after. I think yeah. there's a lot of Two good development sides. sides. Yeah. yeah. But like Carlton late, um, kicked it out out the full. Like you know, they were so lucky to win this game. Um, again, it was orchestrated by the umpires. It was it was a horrible, horrible, horrible game. Really, um, yes, it had a crazy end. No doubt, I'm not taking away the Nunes kick was a very good kick, but uh, it was hilarious him telling the camera people to get stuffed and then using that space. But um, yeah, it still was terrible. It wasn't a great game. It had a ridiculous end, uh, and we've commented on both teams um, generally. And then. So dogs, crows, you know, let's let's forget it. But just as a side note, obviously we won't even bother talking about Adelaide. But just as a side note, um, Easternwood's mark was great. I just wanted to mention that. But also Bontempelli, wow, really? wow, yeah, like he, animal. Does he get twelve Brownlow votes in this game? Um, Eleven at one point it was eleven to sixteen clearances. Bont at eleven clearances, crows sixteen clearances. But that's for the whole team. Like, he, he nearly caught up with the team for clearances. I mean, he, it was an amazing, amazing effort. Um, I heard Brad Johnson saying, I don't know what the triple-double equivalent is in the AFL, but this has probably got to be it, hey. So, no, nah, it was good fun. It was cool. Just to watch Bond, like, just he's such a good player. 
love watching him play when he's when he's particularly when he's not being tagged or when he's like completely yeah. on top when he's playing yeah. a busted ass team. He was he was great. There's a handful of players, like regardless of how the game's going, if they're having a day out on a park, you got to watch it. The game, the game's worth watching. Yeah. Bont's one of them. <clears throat> Obviously, we've talked about Pendles and, and Dusty being two others, just to name three. But yeah, Bont Pally, he just he's just so in flow. Yeah. With with the ball, it is yeah. He, he's just very easy to watch. A bit well, like. Uh, better on the tennis court. It had that Nahas kind of vibe, you know, like it had that vibe of just sheer oh, domination. Just uh, just silk, just silk yeah. everywhere. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Clouds, <laughs> just running on clouds. Um, okay. And then, so awful, awful uh, Adelaide, we've already gone into that. And then Saints, Essendon, um, again, look, there was. this is the thing, this is why we did the ladder recap, because there, there's really nothing to take out of this game. This is exactly the way I thought the game would go. Um, Saints are clearly a way better side than Essendon. Essendon look very poor. All the same deficiencies. Um, yeah. This is the worst Sunday of football we've seen all year. It was a bad round, I reckon. Round 11 was uh, 12, sorry, it was pretty bad. Horrible. Um, yeah, and that, which is why it was good to kind of pump the brakes and go over other things. But yeah, this was pretty average. Yeah. Saints got it done. It is what it is. Uh, we've gone over all what's good about the Saints, bad about the Saints. Um, Don's obviously all the same stuff. And then West Coast yeah. Hawthorne. Have you got? Well, have you got anything to take out of the game or nothing? Oh, good to take Sicily out of our team. That's great. No, 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 no. Not, no sorry. The the before we jump into the yeah. No, sorry. I meant like <laughs> I, I skipped. No, I skipped away from the Saint Essen game. Sorry. Yeah. I oh, that game. No, okay, oh, stuff it. No. Okay. Sorry. Um, no, no. West Coast Hawthorne. I did want to talk about this game. Um, yeah. I mean, wow. Hawks. This is a weird game. Before we get to Sicily and all that, and I, I want, I want to yeah. ask you some Hawthorne questions, and we'll get to that in a minute. But this is a very strange game. So if you didn't see this game, Hawthorne were actually in it more than it seemed. So if you look at Seems, it, yeah. if you look at the scoreline, you'd think, oh, bullshit. Same as the rest of the round. You know, they weren't in it. Whatever. But they were. Hawthorne um, were just awful going inside. Aside from that. They were getting everything else right. In fact, they were leading in a lot of the uh, statistical categories. Um, at one stage... Yeah, reading... Sorry, you go. go. I was going to say, re- reading uh, Nick Nat extremely well. I haven't seen an uh, opposition team yeah. read, read, read Nick Nat um, and win uh, contested footy at the at that uh, coal face yeah. like the Hawks did. <clears throat> and that's, that's, a, that's a big positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but at one point, there was 19 inside 50s um, for Hawthorne for three shots at goal, um, whereas uh, the Eagles had 14 insides for five goals, nine. So, yeah, I mean, like, at the moment, what's made the Eagles so good to watch is not just the, the numbers they're getting in terms of entries, but they, they, when they get them, they're, they're making teams pay, uh, which they weren't at all during the, during the first hub slot. Um, so obviously Eagles, I don't reckon there's too much more to discuss. Um, yeah, all the same yeah, things worked that we've spoken about. But Hawthorne, I think, is an interesting discussion. Yeah, Hawthorne, I guess, a bit like what Melbourne were at the start of the year in that sense that the, they, they can win a lot of the footy, but without Patton there or Lewis there, they haven't got those big key forwards. I mean, people going about Gunson, they go, Gunson has never played... He's tall. He's not a power forward. He, he's always played that mid to medium, that small. He's super agile. You, you probably want him moving up the field because of how good he is uh, with his field kicking. Um, yeah. So, look, it's lots of swings and roundabouts um, as, the, as far as the, 
the playing field have gone for the last two or three years. Yeah. Obviously, when Mitchell won the Brownlow two years ago, played finals, got out in straight sets, and then he doesn't play next year. You get O'Meara back from injury and plays a full season with Warple, and then all three of them, they, they never played all together. Um, and now that they're starting to get some continuity, they're starting to look well, but then you don't have a functional forward line, a dysfunctional back six and all that type of stuff. It's just part of football. Every team goes, or basically every team goes through it at some point that you don't get the same 22 to 26 players playing regular football with each other and it's hard to yeah. put a game plan in place. So, yeah, yeah I mean, look, the, 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 I agree. The, the, the score line was flattering. I think, yeah, Hawthorne definitely played a lot better than they have in the last two weeks against West Coast. Yeah. So... Um, I guess, we, we, yeah, we, we, if we go over West Coast more, I think we're just going to back over the same points as you were saying. But I guess with Hawthorne, obviously the Sicily thing's a terrible result because now, best case scenario, he'd, he'd be coming in. Well, it's interesting because it, it'll all depend on what happens next year. There's some talk that next year now, the season might not start until much later in the year. But anyway, obviously we don't know. But reality is if he plays next oh. year... Yeah, that's it. But 12 months, you know, this is a very weird year. So 12, and next year will be weird too. 12 months might mean he's back round eight or nine next year. If they start playing in, in, in May, seriously, well, that's the thing. Who knows? Yeah, now? True. So that's the reality is he could actually get a decent run before finals all of a sudden. But let's take that aside. Obviously, that's a horrible, horrible scenario for him. And, you know, we, we wish him all the best and he's, he's great to watch. But I guess, were, were you, um, I guess one of the things I wanted to ask with Hawthorne was, were you, I guess a little bit, not necessarily excited, but I guess so. But like, were, were you a little bit relieved to see some things working um, against a, what is a very, very good side? I know, I know. Obviously, the results weren't great, but you know, there were. I think there were some encouraging signs. Yeah, yeah. Look, and I, like any, I guess any team or supporter of a team, I, I want. I just wanted to see some endeavour. Yeah. And I'd rather, I'd rather see them take on the mid, uh, going through the corridor, which they've done in parts throughout the year. And I'd, I'd rather see the ball get turned over and get belted by 10 goals rather than playing this soft uh, defensive game plan. And it's it's encouraging. I mean, I didn't, didn't go into this game thinking that we'd get within Kui, but in hindsight, but it was it was good to watch. It was good to see the, the those three mids that I mentioned play all really really well. Although it's unfortunate that O'Meara is out with another injury, yeah. Uh, so he's going to be missing as well. Uh, look, it's I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to to, to uh, be a, a supporter of a team that was uh, so dominant for so many years to just get your head around that. It's going to be probably a year. After this, maybe two, where before they start being regular winning team. It's a very Hawthorne mindset. I love that. Like so many other fans of teams would be like, it's going to be a good five-year, ten-year plan. Whereas you're just like, it might be a year, it might be two years before we are winning regularly. I love the mafioso element to Hawthorne fans. Yeah. No, I like the confidence. You're probably, you're probably right. Because the reality is like... This Collingwood-Ben Brown thing I think is ridiculous. I think I think they can't... I, well, if they, if they can afford him, it means is probably going or more oh, or both. So that... that If they are in contention, that's the bigger story. But regardless of that, I think, look, Hawthorne could turn it around really quickly. 
there's no doubt that Clarko doesn't believe in going to the draft. The draft is so compromised this year anyway. So regardless of any of that, I, I, I could see Ben Brown ending up at Hawthorne. I could see a whole range of things happening. And then all of a sudden, they get a few players I'd back, pick up. I'd rather take... I'd rather take Gailey. Yeah, well, that's well, maybe, who knows? That's the thing. Hawthorne, obviously, at the trade table, have been very, very good. So, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, and while Clarko's there, and him being clearly the, the best modern coach, they, they're going to pick up. They're going to pick up a bunch of players. So you never know. Maybe they're the ones that are in. We'll find out in the next month and, and a bit. You know, around things like Brad Crouch and a lot of these guys. He's not necessarily definitely going to go. Probably he's going to go along, but there'll be a lot of things that move. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of talk yeah. a little bit about Hawthorne because I think that was encouraging. Um, and then last yeah, game, uh, sorry, go sorry. And look, I uh, just sorry, you just no, uh, no. players like Scrimshaw uh, having Impy back. Um, I mean, Will Day. But, can see why they chose their heart, their first pick to get him. He, he's he's only going to get better, um, and once he puts some weight on, he's going to be able to break lines. And then hopefully, we get to see um, what Finn McGuinness is capable of doing. And before this year's out, uh, CJ was pretty good in his first hit out for the year. Connor Glass, I think, um, is show, showed enough to hold his spot. I'm not, I'm not convinced that Nash. He's gonna hold his no. spot at Hawthorne. Um, he's given been given a lot more opportunities and and really hasn't um, hasn't progressed as I guess as much as I'd like. Uh, Tim O'Brien's doing his bit again. No, can't can't expect him to to win games off his boot just yet. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how far Dan Howe's away because I think he adds a really good um, balance to the the midfield and the halfback line he's he's got a big body and he can tag players really well so that'll be interesting to see when he comes back so yeah a bit of upside there obviously it's a pretty dour season and not a lot's gone right for the Hawks this year well compared to their lofty standards it's not it's not really been as good but yeah I think oh look I while Clark goes there while this you know yeah that they'll yeah I could see it turning around pretty quickly and then so the first uh, first of all festival of footy um, it very much smashed to a halt now, I think. I think it really got pretty tiring, obviously, for everybody towards the end. Tired, just like the Gold Coast in this last game. Richmond, Gold Coast. Um, at least yeah. we got to finish with At least we got to finish with a pretty good game. It was fine. Yeah, no, it was it was a good game. I'm not, you know, it's just, I think... Yeah, it, but it was. Yeah, it, it was hard. Sorry. Like, I felt like the Gold Coast at the end. I, I, I sympathised with them. It was pretty exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot, lot to watch. Um... Yeah, look, Tigers obviously dominated, uh, except really on the scoreboard early. Like, it should have been much further out. Um, kicking efficiency from the Gold Coast earlier on, 76% to 54 That keeps you much more in the game, obviously. Will Powell playing really well. Um, very impressive. I love Sam Collins's game. Obviously, he's been heralded with all this, you know, punch in the wall and showing how much he cares and all that stuff. And that's, uh, I, I think that's fantastic. It's it's very fantastic. It's great. Yeah, it's very Suns football. I don't know why. Like this, there's a few of these guys there that just clearly really care now, and that's what's so exciting about the Gold Coast. Two two years ago, he would have just picked up his Whopper and gone, "Eh, I'm getting I'm getting paid cash. Whopper. I'll just count my cash. I'll just go Seven Eleven. Who cares? But they, yeah, I I agree. Yeah, just showing some real passion about a getting uh, mistreated. um, Yeah, from Tom Lynch, but also. 
disappointment in, in, in another very close loss when they really could have won the game. God, they've had so many close losses. I, I really, really, I'm going to stick with this. I really do feel like they are the Brisbane from last, um, you know, a couple of years ago where they were like right on the edge of winning and then um, Second just losing. Second best four-game winning team in the competition. Bingo. Yeah, as you pointed out in, in 2018. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. But like, there's so many exciting things, and we'll get to Richmond, obviously. But you know, seeing uh, you know, seeing Grimes, Noah Anderson, Luke, yeah. oh, sorry, Richmond. I thought it was still oh, no, go, goes, but go, just Lukosius, like, Well, I was going to say a positive what, thing on what a rocket by foot. Yeah, is oh, unbelievable. That's like, the best Anderson. game. Yeah, I reckon that's the best Lukosius game. I was going to say so with Grimes, not about him specifically, but this is I was more led into a Gold Coast thing, which is that. Seeing Grimes struggle so heavily against King was like exciting to see for the Suns. Seeing you know yeah. King, he's so big. When he gets a bit more weight on him and and learns a little bit more about positioning, and he's already so good. But wow, like he is going to he's going to be so difficult to manage. There there's going to be only a couple of defenders that in the league that will be able to handle those boys, and particularly him. I mean, he, he he's a freak. So that, yeah, that's absolutely. that's going to be wild. Like his brother. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's crazy. Yeah, they're they're going to dominate. If they can stay injury-free, they're going to dominate AFL football. Um, but I thought the defensive effort, for, like given the situation, how exhausted they clearly were, I thought it was was impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that's that's probably the the. I mean, yeah, we spoke about the Rankin thing. You you highlighted it well earlier with Rankin. Um, I, I yeah, I, I agree. Obviously, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a great effort. Um, needs to he, he'll get it. I don't want to bake, bake him, but. He needs to get no. the fundamentals right, and he needs to. It's all like if you, you look at Cirrioli or somebody like that. I, I, so I think you know. I think people have been looking at Rankin wrong. I think people look at Rankin thinking he's going to be like a Simon Black, like you know, just like this workhorse that gets ridiculous numbers and just nut. Nah. Rankin, I reckon, is going to be Stevie J. One day you're going to look at him and think, oh no, like this guy is so frustrating, drains it. And then he'll kick eight the next week. He's going to be that kind of player, and that I'm on board for that. I can't wait for that roller coaster. I'm completely on board. But at the same time, you know, someone like a Jay or or Rioli or someone like that, Cyril specifically, like they partly why they're able to do they were these guys were able to do the crazy things when they were at their peak was they were getting all the fundamentals right as well. So you get those fundamentals yeah. right, and then you kick the ridiculous goal. You get all the fundamentals well, exactly defensively right. right, and then the freak. To blind turn happens like it's not it's because not all magic you don't teach that to them they're, they're, yeah. they're, that's innate in his in his skill set yeah. to do the, the, the magic he's 12 years um, old and the wonderful yeah. but yeah you're right if he can if he can learn how to uh, run direct at the ball and pick it up um, understand when the right time to slow down or attack which I think he's got anyway I think he's, he, he showed yeah. over the last couple of games that um, he had the opportunity to to play on, but he realised that there was nothing ahead of him. But um, oh. yeah, using both hands to to mark, getting in the right position a couple of times again, pretty tired uh, uh, is the excuse I'm going to go with. But his second effort, his defensive effort, lacked just towards the end of that game. It wasn't up until that he, he did a good chase down and didn't get rewarded with a with a free yeah. kick for incorrect disposal on top of stuff, but I agree. Like, you get those fundamentals right. He's already got the flashy uh, highlight reel oh, stuff yeah. as part of his natural ability. So, For sure. Yeah, good call. Um, Cyril slash Stevie J slash... He'll be one of those, he'll be one of those crazy yeah. type of players. He'll do stuff. Yeah, you'll go 
well, I didn't even see him in yeah. a shot of the TV screen. How'd he get there? In and a game. Yeah, in a game, there'll be five minutes where you're like, this guy, like, he's a lunatic and it's, what he's trying to do is not going to work. And then he'll yeah. he'll do something absurd. So, uh, but Richmond, I guess there's a, there's a few things. So, you know, I think Richmond fans, like, really need to call the Jets on Bolter. I really like Bolter, but, like, if you look at... Um, Richmond Twitter, like it's like this guy's like rants Mark two and like he's already like elite and it's like I think calm, calm, calm down. He is very exciting and there there are definitely moments in the game where it's like yeah, this guy I think they've got something. But I think just as a side note, let's really like put some cold water on this. Is getting a bit just just get the garden hose. Turn it on, Richmond fans. Go outside, shake it on your head, because I think this is starting to get a little bit excessive. Uh, Rioli, where's where's what's another thing I wanted to say? Like he is like so. This guy, so like I, you know, we're talking about Cyril a minute ago. This guy is a long way from Cyril. So Dusty's instructions, right? So Cyril's a Cyril. Daniel Rioli is out of the fifty, so he he needs to go for a better option. It was a hard shot. It was a big shot. It would have been probably 55 metres if he'd been able to kick it, which yeah. is not his... It's not his... Um, if you remember... I can't remember the section of the game it was in, but you, as soon as I described the play, you'll probably remember. But he was 55-odd out. His confidence is clearly not great at the moment. It was about the third quarter, just off the... It was yeah. just inside the boundary line. Yeah, I clear a little bit. Bingo, yeah. I'm surprised he went for the shot. It was ridiculous. Well, yeah, so it... Well, no, no, so he doesn't go for it. Dusty says to him... He gives him other options. So he's like, here, here, blah, 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 or hand pass it to me or whatever. And that would have worked. So like, Dusty can kick 55, that's fine. So he panics, panics, confidence is shot to bits, and then he goes for a ridiculous one-on-one option that was terrible, gets it out to there, and the Suns get the ball back. And it just, Leco- uh, I think it was the coach, I can't remember, but some, again, like nearly got a goal at the other end. Like They kicked a point. It was, it was only just... Um, off so can I blame Dusty for that for giving him too much too many options <laughs> just go handball to me let me do maybe, the rest just maybe, that well down. you can blame him a little bit but at the same time <laughs> uh, they brought him back and you know he's no, there he's, he's, his confidence is shot to bits I mean it really what's going on I mean it's yeah Shy, but, oh, yeah. Prestia, Hawley, and Edwards any of those three come back he's, he's gone the first out yeah, yeah absolutely he, unfortunately clearly, and I, I think and I think Everyone at Richmond's fully aware of that, um, and they're hoping that he might just wake up during the game and, and get his confidence back. And if they do, if that happens, wow, we've seen what he's very capable of doing. And it's just one of those. I mean, Cyril had it. Um, he had he had he had games and, and times through his career where production just wasn't there, and, and um, he's. He, Ability to have an impact on game was gone, and nobody knew what was going on. Uh, which is, uh, he's still pretty young. I, I guess that's the beauty about having someone like as mercurial as, as Daniel Rioli in your side. Yeah, like Richmond is. He's what twenty one, maybe twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's already shown a level of maturity and what he's capable of. He might just be having. One of these years, we don't know whether home life is is hard for him. We know some, in particular, some Indigenous players really struggle when they're away from their their home and their family and communities. Um, and, yeah. So, Ever since he broke up yeah, with Mayor Favola, he's fallen away. So I don't know, like that. 
that's because he was he wasn't great last year either. That's the thing. Anyway, it's, we're digging too far into the weeds here, but it, it, yeah, he, he's he's definitely someone that that's you're right. He's definitely someone that should be concerned when other players get fit again. What did you think? We spoke a little bit about it. Um, what what did you see out of the Sam Collins versus Lynch? battle because it became a subplot of the game and it was probably almost as interesting as sections of the game were. Um, what, did, what did you think of that battle? I, I I thought Sam Collins did really well. Yeah, to be honest, I, I think it was uh, even like yeah. if you're going to give points, I thought, I thought it was an even an even game between the both of them. It was, it was really good to see someone be able to nullify uh, Lynch the way he did and um, he's going to learn. He, he learned a lot about Lynch last night um, and he'll be able to be that pesky defender that will get under Lynch's skin and Lynch might just have a brain fade and do something stupid. Well, he already um, I did. Think that's, I think that's good for the Suns um, in the future because he did, yeah, he punched him in the gut and he'll get a fine or a slap on the wrist or whatever. This he got a fine. Is. He got a fine. So once again, I mean, like, I, I, okay, full disclosure, I barrack for Richmond. I obviously want Lynch to play, but... I, I, the AFL once again showing that they're not serious about punches because once again he's had multiple warnings and they've given him another fine. A fine to these guys. Lynch is on about a million bucks a year, like a million, a thousand dollars to a million dollars. That'd be a big fine. A thousand dollars is is donuts to to these players. Like these, the these will pay it anyway. they'll pay it anyway. So they, these fine, the fine thing is a joke. If they actually yeah. want to rub, if the AFL, and we've spoken about this before, the AFL is serious and they actually want to rub it out of the game, what they're doing is the complete reverse of what needs to happen. Anyway, but, you know. That, that, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed watching it. and Obviously, especially as the uh, the, the final quarter was uh, moving through quite congested yeah. and, and, and lethargic. Like, it was it was good to have a side plot there just to talk about, really, to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, and while that was going on, um, Jack Rewild, obviously, being quite uh, experienced. Good. Noticed. Yeah. Well, he noticed uh, that the, the Suns were starting to, to tire and it's no result that, that he obviously probably played his best game this, this year. He was, he was jumping for marks and really good in front of goal and getting involved and moving up the ground better. Like um, what we've seen previously, obviously he's another year older and becomes a little bit harder to, to move as uh, he, he probably did two or three years ago, but yeah. he, he, he just knew he was very smart on the day that um, he, he knew he was going to have an advantage over whoever played on it because they were going to be running on, on, on gas or fumes towards the end and well, full advantage of it. He had his leap back, which is, that's the difference um, with Rewalt. He actually mm-hmm. had that leap back, which, yeah, yeah, he's going to need it come, come the back end of the year. Um, so that is the end of the review. All the best. Check out uh, hopstone.com.au. Use AFL Deep Dives, your promo code to get $25 off your first pack. Um, that's a nice chunk of review from round 11 and 12. Um, we did obviously the latter recap. Any questions, afldeepdive at gmail.com or any of the socials. See you later. We will do Thanks, the guys. preview soon. Have a breather and we'll be uh, into the next rounds in a few days. Yeah, that's it. No Thursday football, but we're back there. Where? Footy's back Friday. See you later. Cheers. Bye.